Do you look forward to this time of the year approaching Thanksgiving and then moving into December and Christmas then the New Year's? Do you look forward to that time? Many folk do with a sense of excitement and joy and gladness, looking forward to being with family and doing special events and things that you do not normally do through the year. But others are not looking forward to this time. They dread it. They dread Remembering the disappointments and pain and separation and heartache from the past. They dread it. They wish, they wish it didn't exist. May our Lord today and in the days ahead and weeks ahead and months, if we are still alive. And I say that with honesty. We cannot assume that we're going to be alive. Individually, or the Bible says Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth at a time when we do not expect it. I have to be truthful to you and with you on the scriptures. He's going to come back to this earth, new heaven and a new earth, and he's coming at a time we do not expect it. But if in his providence and his sovereignty, I trust that he'll minister to you, for you, and through you. To you, for you, and through us. That we can enjoy him. Enjoy this time by tasting and seeing his goodness. The goodness of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Tasting, seeing, experiencing his goodness and living out his goodness and impacting others. During this month of November, here within the GPC family, and we do welcome you who are with us. Students from the area, adults from the area and from other places, we welcome you. We're looking during November at a few selected songs. There's 150 psalms. At different times over the years, we've gone and picked out several of them, and that's what we're doing now. We're going to four of the psalms. And today we're looking at a very important psalm written by David. We've had it read, but let's look at it again and see what he's saying, and then understanding, hopefully, the context. Very important that we understand the setting by which he is saying these words. Listen at the psalmist. We can only look at the first 11 verses. But David, we believe, is the author of this. Again, in a very difficult time in his life, he is saying, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to do this at all times. What does it mean to bless our Lord? It means I'm going to thank him and praise him and obey him. That's what it means to bless our Lord, to thank him, praise him, and obey him. 
I want to do it at all times. His praise continually coming from my mouth. My soul boasts in the Lord. Let the humble hear us. Hear me and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. This is what I'm doing, says David. I'm blessing him. I'm praising him. I'm thanking him. I want to obey him. Now come. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to make much of him. Come join me. Let's do this together. But what's so amazing is the context. We go back to when we believe he wrote this psalm. It introduces this psalm by saying, it was a hard time. We go back to 1 Samuel chapter 21 and see the setting. David is literally running for his life. God has chosen him to be king over Israel. God has chosen David to be king over his own people. And Saul is king. And Saul is jealous of David. And Saul wants David dead. The people are shouting, Saul has slain and killed his thousand. David his ten thousand. David is more popular than Saul, and Saul is angry. He is enraged, and he wants to kill David, and he goes after him, and David is running for his life. In chapter 21, David goes to a place called Nob, N-O-B, and he's alone. And the king there says, What are you doing here alone? You're such an important person before the king saw. What are you doing? David was not truthful. He said, oh, I'm on a special mission. I'm paraphrasing it. You go there and you'll see. I'm on a special mission and yes, I'm by myself and no one's with me. (sighs) I need a sword. I need a spear. You got one? I didn't bring it when I left. Well, all I have is the sword that you used to kill that giant Goliath. That's all I have. Well, give it to me. So they unwrapped it. And and now David has the very sword he used to remove the head of Goliath. David's hungry. Not only is he alone, but he's hungry. I, I didn't bring any food. You got any food? Well, we don't have any common food, bread for you, but I've got, I've got some loaves that are used for worship. It's called the holy bread. That's all I've got. Well, give it to me. David's hungry. He's lonely. And he's got his sword, and he leaves, and he goes to this next king. He goes to the very place that was Goliath's home. That's how desperate he is. He's going to the very home area where he had killed one of their heroes. He's got the sword that he used to remove the head of Goliath. And they're saying, but see, David's scared. 
And 1 Samuel 21 says David did this. He pretended he was insane. He pretended he was crazy, that he had gone mad. The Bible says he began making marks on the door. How he did it, I don't know. And began letting, it says, saliva run from his beard. Pretending he's insane, crazy, and mad. And, and I'm paraphrasing, and the king says, in essence, what's he doing here? Don't I have enough <laughs> insane people to have another one, to have this one? Get rid of him. He didn't, the king did not arrest him and did not kill him. And David leaves, and he goes to a cave. And it's thought maybe it is in the cave that David has written the psalm. I'm going to bless the Lord. I thank him. I I praise him. I boast in the Lord God who has protected, who has provided. I was lonely. I was all alone. I was hungry. He provided. Lions, they may lack food. They may go hungry, but the Lord has provided. I'm going to boast in him. In fact, I'm going to magnify the Lord. Now come join me. Come join me. Let's magnify him together. What does it mean to magnify the Lord? We we cannot make the Lord larger than he is. But we can somehow magnify our understanding of him. I'm thankful for glasses. Words are blurry. I can't read up close. I need glasses. What do glasses do? They magnify the words. Ah. Now it's not blurry. It's clear. Now I can see. Now I can learn. Now I can know what's there. And that's what we're to do. We cannot change God. But the more we trust him, the more we tell of him, the more we love him, we can magnify him to those who are listening and watching. And as we magnify him, ah, that's the context. Let the humble hear us. Let the humble who are broken and hurting And a lonely, as they see Christ working in us, he's magnified. And they'll come join us. He becomes clearer to them. They get to know him better. They get to understand his ways. As he uses us to what? Magnify him. Make much of Christ. That's what the psalmist is doing. Remember, family, remember guests into our home. In the Old Testament, they looked forward 
to the one to come. They look forward to the Messiah, the Savior who was promised. Back as early as Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it was told there is one who is coming, who will crush. Yes, his heel will be bitten, but he'll crush. Pointing to Christ who would defeat Satan, disarm Satan, disarm him and defeat him at the cross, at the resurrection. They look forward to the one who was coming. We look back to the one who did come. Jesus Christ. Let's see. Let's keep, let's keep going. I remind us of our mission. Our mission of GPC. GPC, guide people to Christ. So our initials, GPC. Our, our mission is to guide people to Christ. But also expanded is, what is our mission? It's to know and make known the goodness and power of Jesus Christ unto all nations. That's our mission. Not just us, but as we work with other congregations who have the same passion. Some great congregations in our area and in our nation and the world. As we connect as one body in Christ, what's our mission? To know Christ, to make Christ's goodness known and his power to who? To all nations. That's what he's saying in Psalm 34, 3. Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Make much of him. Make much of him. We trust that Christ will use us, but use all of his family to enlarge appreciation, enlarge knowledge of him. To increase the value and understanding of him who is most valuable. Oh, yes, Father. Do that mission. How does that happen? How does God bring about this mission through us and through his people? He does it by, oh, magnify the Lord with me. That's our, that's our mission. That's our focus. That's the reason we exist, to magnify the Lord, to make much of him, that all will know his goodness and his power. How do we do this? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us what? Exalt his name. It's our understanding of his name. Psalm 138.2, 138.2 tells us something of the value of God's name. See, listen, God's name represents all that he is. God's name represents all that he is. Psalm 138, 138 verse 2. The psalmist says, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name. Your name. 
for your steadfast love and faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. God is jealous. He is so jealous for his name, for his reputation that is hallowed and respected. To respect and have reverence for his name, he has exalted all things above all else. His word, this Bible, its truth, and his name Respect it. Pray. Pray that we and all will have such a respect and reverence for his name. Do not use God's name in a casual way. In a careless use of his name. Don't be careless. Slang. Jokes. He's jealous. Dr. R.C. Sproul, in his teaching before he deceived, before he went to be with our Lord, said there will not be an awakening, a revival, a renewal for which we are praying until God's name is hallowed and reverenced. The two will go together. The more we begin to hallow and reverence God's name, all that he is, comes the revival. The more the revival and the renewal, the greater respect we will have for his name. His name, his name. Look at Exodus 20, verse 7. Exodus 20, verse 7. When he gave us those first rules, those laws, those commands for our good. He gives us these commands for our good. He said in 27, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God. In vain. In a careless, casual manner, you must not, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in a casual, careless manner. Look at Acts 4 11 and 12. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. It's a picture of construction. And you need stones for construction of a stone building. And the builders, the workers, the laborers, they go out and they look for stones to use in the foundation and the construction of the building. Ah, there's a good stone. There's another one. There's another one. Let's get all these stones and build that foundation and then build this. That, that one will never work, that stone. That's the picture. The very stone the builders rejected, God says, is the most important stone in the whole foundation, the cornerstone of which this church will be built. Not talking about a physical church, but his bride, the one that was rejected 
as of no good will become the very cornerstone. Verse 12, there is salvation and no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. Please do not believe the lie. When you read and hear and people will say, oh, there are many different ways to God. All you have to do is be sincere. If you're sincere, there are different ways to reach God. No, that is a lie. There is only one way. And that's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way, regardless of how sincere you or they are. There's no other way than the name, the person, the work, the accomplishments, the cross, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one. No one ever has, is, or will come to God the Father except through him. He has the name that is above every name. Look, look, look. Look at Romans 10, 13. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls, what? On the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called Are you depending on him only? Wonderful, wonderful promise. Whoever will call will turn from our sin and come through Christ will be saved. The couple... Married right at 44 years. The husband has terminal cancer and he knows it. His wife has cancer. He is terminal. Hers has returned. She's trying to care for him, trying to care for herself. And for financial reasons, trying to continue working at home, taking care of medical records for physicians in a hospital. And she says to her husband, between work, caring for him in his terminal condition, caring for her own needs, going to chemotherapy, going to radiation, taking care... In essence, I'm weak. I don't know if I can carry on. I don't know if I can do it. A believer and her husband, who is also a believer in Christ, said to her very lovingly that encouraged her, in essence, he will hold us fast. He will hold us fast. Jesus Christ is good.
And all that he does is good. And all that he allows and permits in the lives of his children is for our good. He'll hold us fast, and he did. And our Lord took him through the death by cancer and then very recently took the wife who remained strong as a widow. Christ holding his own fast. How are we to respond? What is our response? What is our responsibility? Look, the first is to seek Christ. To seek Christ. To seek Christ. That's what the psalmist says. David says, here's my story. I was lonely. I was literally alone, running for my life. I was hungry. And I learned in a new way to seek the Lord. So what are we to do? Here. Seek, Psalm 34, 4, seek the Lord. Let him answer you and deliver you from what? All your fears. He may not deliver you from your cancer, stroke, heart attack, divorce. He may not rescue you from that but he'll rescue you for your good and his glory look those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed never ashamed look seek him call to him Psalm 34 6 seek Christ family seek him with your heart seek him with your emotions seek him with your mind seek him and call to him this poor man cried I I know says David I've been there and the Lord heard me and saved me out of his troubles he ministered Look, fear him, fear him, fear him. Our responsibility, our privileges. Psalm 34, 7, 9, and 11. Look, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who what? Who fear him, delivering. Oh, fear the Lord. Are you his? Are you one of his saints? Are you one of his sons and daughters? Then fear him. Come, come, oh children. Listen, listen, listen. He'll teach you the fear of the Lord. What is the fear? It's the greatest respect possible. That's what the fear of the Lord is. Will you have such a high and holy respect and reverence for him? My wife and I were in school with Rob and Katerina, the young lady that he married. Precious couple, precious. For 30 years, Katerina has suffered 
with MS, multiple sclerosis, 30 years. For the last 12 years, every night, when it's time to go to sleep, he comes to her chair, he picks her up, and carries her to her bed for 12 years. Very recently, as he had picked her up, carrying her to her bed, she cannot walk. Some reason, he fainted. They collapsed. He's unconscious. There's a grandson in the home, so she starts hollering, help, help. Grandson comes, helps. Now she has a broken ankle, and her MS has taken such effect that she is dying under hospice care now. And in just recent days, the husband heard her murmuring something. He heard her murmuring, murmuring something. This is what he heard. He heard her murmuring a stanza from one of her favorite hymns. My gracious master and my God Assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth the honor of your name. What's on her heart? You're my gracious master. Jesus, you're my God. Now assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the earth above the honor of your name. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together so that what? The weary, the weak, the poor, the desperate, the destitute will hear us and come to rejoice with us. Our privilege, our responsibility. Taste. And see daily and with others the goodness of our Lord. Come. May we appear as glasses. May we appear as glasses. That others by our lives, our teaching, our behavior, our response to pain and suffering 
will have a clear vision and understanding of who he is. As we magnify him together, they'll get to know him and trust him and taste and see his goodness. If I or others may assist you, talk with you individually. There's some wonderful men here who will be glad to talk with you individually. You may know some if you need me to point you to one of them. And ladies, what wonderful ladies who are willing and able to talk with you, to joy with you and weep with you. Allow us the privilege. Father, thank you for the privilege to taste and see the goodness of Christ, to feed and drink upon him, work in our lives, in the lives of all of your own everywhere in the other congregations, throughout the nation as one, we will magnify the Lord Jesus and exalt his name together in the name that is above every name, Father, the name of Christ. Amen.